0: Sleepy Hollow is a place like no other, a place where the forces of good and evil collide for the fate of the world. Prophecies foretold
1: witnesses destined to protect us all, but will they prevail? Armed with keen insight and the ability to see into dark realms, well, maybe, Karen and Jamie help decipher the witness prophecies. Hey, Karen. Hey Jamie, how are you?
2: I'm oh, good. You ready to discuss Sleepy Hollow? I am. So tonight we're going to talk about Season 3, Episode 4, Go Where I Send Thee. Written by Damian Kindler and directed by Doug Aaron
1: Aronaiokoski?
2: I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it because that's how it's spelled. It's cross- yeah, that's,
1: that's how it looks.
2: Cross fingers. Let's cross fingers. That
1: that last name reminds me of um Who's that director that directed the movie with Jared Leto where he lost his arm?
2: Mm hmm.
1: You know what I'm Ar, talking
2: about?
1: Arinoski? Aronof-
2: Aronof- yeah, something like that.
1: Something like that. He's famous. This yeah, he
2: guy's is. on Twitter. He's done a lot of stuff. Highlander Endgame. Red Sonia.
1: Mm. Sonya. Mm hmm. That's good. Yeah, big time. S- so Karen, I have to say I was a little disappointed with this episode. I
2: hear that.
1: Yeah. um, And I only gave it five broken bone flutes.
2: Mm. I am not going to laugh at that. (laughs) I have a straight face. Straight face? I am going to give it six and a half smoke bombs.
1: Ooh, you and, weren't feeling it either.
2: Yeah, it wasn't my favorite episode, but I—it's a little higher because there were some really cute moments in it. I—I I tend to grade a little higher if they—if the writing is decent, and the writing was good. Yeah, it was. It the content of the, um, I guess the a story, it—it it was hollow, <laughs> if you will. <laughs>
1: like the bone flute
2: yes stop saying bone flute please (laughs) do we have to say bone flute (laughs) because i am not mature enough (laughs) to say that okay i kept losing it through the whole episode (laughs) i was too yeah okay so um let's talk about that storyline first and get that out of the way
1: so the pied piper
2: yeah, not the Hamlin Pied Piper, but the Demon Pied Piper. Yeah. Apparently uh, he does lure away children, but only children from this family, the Lancasters.
1: Yeah, and he's been doing it for two hundred years. Of
2: course. Because yes. everything ties back into Ichabod. Yes. <laughs> everything. And
1: the Lancaster family were they were loyalist for a while. Mm hmm. Until one night, the British soldiers got a little handsies with the daughter,
0: Mm -hmm. or
1: daughters. And so the father Lancaster went out and made a deal with a Pied Piper to uh, entrance the British soldiers and then kill them all. Right. And which he kind of reneged on the deal that they made and had the (laughs) Pied Piper killed.
2: He didn't just renege, he killed the dude. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't want to pay him, so blam. killed him. Yep.
1: And so then there was a curse put upon the family that... Every generation, one girl, when she reaches the age of 10, will be whisked away into the wilderness and killed by the Pied Piper. Or all the children in the family will come down with an illness and die.
2: Right. and All because um, the bones of a 10-year-old are needed to make the new flute. Right. And um, apparently the reason... This curse was placed upon the family is because the Pied Piper was able to kill those troops quickly because he had made a deal with a demon. So and that's important because that means the the risen Pied Piper from the deal he made is a very fast moving yes. fighter.
1: And he can move so fast that he can manipulate sound.
2: Right. With he his a, sword.
1: Yeah. Okay, I, I gotta stop. I gotta, I gotta, I'm about to laugh, but I'm gonna try not to.
2: <laughs> what are you laughing at?
1: Cause you said he, I said he can manipulate sound, and you said yes with his sword.
2: <laughs> I know. This episode is just <laughs> so full of that. Okay, for you listening, we're trying really hard. Not really hard.
1: Deep down, we are 12-year-old boys. Exactly. But, uh...
2: <laughs> so, if you hear us chuckling, just know, we're, we're really...
1: Our we're, minds are in the gutter. We're
2: trying to rein it in. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's fast with his weapon, <clears throat> as it were. Yes. Um. And I'm going to say something about that later. Okay. That I... It, it's one of my nitpicks. Okay. And... I I thought that visual of him mowing down the, the troops, when they they did the flashback, it was, a little impressive.
1: It, it you know what it reminded me of, um, Assassin's Creed. Oh yeah. It was like a real life Assassin's
2: Creed. Yeah. If he had the white hood and the robe, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You you did play the Revolutionary War Assassin's Creed, right? Yes. Yeah. So that that it, it was like spot and I was like. They are they they're playing that game right now. Yeah. At least the writers are.
2: Maybe. Yeah, that was a it was a a good um, special effects. I think the special effects in this one were pretty good, actually.
1: Yeah, they were. They were very good. Uh, that's Especially one thing
2: they don't really skimp on.
1: No. For the most might, part, they might skimp on the writing a little bit, but never the special
2: effects. Well, okay, not the writing, but the overall arcs, like. Okay. Yeah, because I think the writing was okay, like you know the the dialogue.
1: Yeah, and dialogue was good. Was
2: okay. It was just the it's it's the sketch of of the outline of this story that was the issue, and I don't know who did that. You know, was it the the creator or? Well, I mean, that's a whole nother issue.
1: Yeah, it is. We can get to that later when we talk about our next. Yeah, we will. So, which 11-year-old girl went disappearing this time?
2: 10.
1: 10-year-old. That's right. 10-year-old girl. Yep.
2: Her name was Sarah. And she belonged to a woman named Beth, who happened to be Abby and Jenny's caseworker when they were first removed from their home.
1: Which was a little odd to me, because she only looked like she was maybe 10
2: years older than Abby. Maybe. Now, mind you, um, they were taken away in high school. Yes. So technically that could be okay. Cause she would have been in her twenties.
1: Okay. I could see that. Yeah.
2: So I thought the same thing that she looked really super young to have been their caseworker, but she could have been like a super new caseworker. Right. The one thing I thought was why do they keep running into these people that are kind of advancing her storyline and I have to hand wave that and say, well, the whatever the mythos is, is forcing that issue. You know, in the storyline, they're making that come up.
1: Right. Instead of just bringing it up.
2: Right. You know, the, whatever um, Moloch is trying to poke Abby by right. bringing all these things up. So I'm okay. hand waving that as it's magic trying to get a rise out of Abby, or trying to break her, I guess.
1: Or, or trying to... Maybe they're trying to make her have the same fate as her mother or something right. like that. Who right, knows? they're
2: trying to push her.
1: Right. Um, so it, I,
2: I can hand-wave that a little yeah. bit. Because I think that's what they were trying to do in the first season by making him realize that Katrina was separated from him through this other thing that he was... He shared blood with the headless horseman you know he didn't know that at first that he had to be separated from the headless horseman that um, if he the headless horseman died he died if um, Katrina was stuck in purgatory and he had to get her out that she was pregnant at the time of her death uh, of his death and he had the son out there and you know learning all that they 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 were trying to break him, I think, right. in the first right. season. So the thing, you know, I'm, I'm kind of rolling my eyes that every story revolves around this Abby's backstory, even though I wanted to learn all this. And then I'm thinking, well, in the first season, everything revolved around Ichabod and I didn't roll my eyes. But it was because they were leading up to this whole, we're going to break you. And I think they're doing this, but in a clumsier way for Abby.
1: It's much clumsier. It is
2: way clumsier, I have to say. Because it, it doesn't seem to fit and it's not big enough.
1: Well, we've had pretty much two standalone episodes with stories that really you could have just thrown out. Right. Um with little snippets of let's progress a storyline line along. Right. Um, and the thing is is I think you could have taken those little snippets from each episode Probably put them in one episode and dealt with something to do with the Headless Horseman or the Horseman of War and pushed the story line along. Right.
2: Exactly. I think those little snippets should have been bigger snippets. Yes. In one episode. That's what you're saying, right? Yes. Is that we should have gotten all that information at once with a better story in back of it.
1: Now, how many episodes total are they doing this season? Are they doing the same number as last season?
2: Last season was 13.
1: I'm I'm thinking they could have cut this down to like a 10 season 10 episode season and we could have gotten much more story progression and uh, character arc revelation more quickly without these clumsy stories that don't really need to be there. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't want to sound like I'm being all negative because I love this show and I think no, the me writing too. is amazing. I think the writing is awesome. Right. And I think the dialogue is great, and, um, but I just want to, I want the story to move along a lot faster. I agree.
2: I, I think that's kind of, uh, we're kind of on the same page there. Yeah. In that the, the individual writing for the episode is really good, but I think the arcs need to be compressed.
1: Yes. So you had a return of your hotness.
2: Of my hotness? Yes, Holly. Yeah, Holly. Uh, He's only half of my hotness. But yeah, he was good in this. Although he wasn't good. He was (laughs) kind of smarmy in this. But he was there. He did what he had to do. He He did. He helped them. And uh, even though it was in his own interests, I think he really, he stepped up when it mattered.
1: He did. Yeah. He helped them find the kid. Now, granted... It was so he could get the bone flute.
2: But it wasn't just that. I mean, he didn't want to see them get hurt. Right. Uh, But he doesn't believe in
1: all the the hocus pocus mumbo jumbo. Yeah, he does. That's something we learned about him in this episode. He does, though. You sure?
2: Yes, he does.
1: What makes you think he does?
2: Because I think he does. I think he's just uh, putting on a a face.
1: Oh, okay. I think he doesn't
2: want them to know he believes in it.
1: So you think he's just presenting himself as a profiteer who doesn't care?
2: A little bit, yeah. Because I think he has had a similar experience to Abby. That he believes in something and maybe he let it slip at some point and someone thinks he's crazy. Mm. I think he has a shared experience with Abby.
1: Well, honestly, he he was a a friend of Jenny. Yep. And we all know that Jenny was going around the world searching for these artifacts right. for Sheriff Corbin,
2: right? So and he does if, the same thing. He has to believe.
1: He ha Well, okay, I'm I'm coming around to your side that he has to believe because if he was friends with Jenny, Jenny's not gonna not share this stuff with him, right? So, so he believes. Yeah, you're right. He, he has believes. to. He has to believe.
2: It's just silly to think. I'm I'm not saying you're silly. I'm just saying you know the show has to think that. I mean, the show thinks we're silly, if <laughs> if that makes <laughs> if we sense.
1: If we believe that he doesn't really believe. Right. Okay. I
2: think so, at least. But yeah, yeah he, he has to believe. Why would he even go to the trouble of getting all this stuff otherwise? It's true. It's
1: true. And, and why would he feel like he needs all this protection to get all this stuff if there's nothing that could really happen to him by going out and looking for this stuff? Right. There you go.
2: That's my point. I
1: guess yeah. okay. so I think he's I think he's here to stay man I think he's going to be a member of the Scooby crew yep me too I think at least for a it, while Yeah.
2: and I think and you might not be happy about this but I think they might be Don't pushing him towards Abby uh, no who tended to his wounds
1: I'm saying it's it's gonna be Babby.
2: Who tended to his wounds?
1: It's Babby. Who
2: took care of him?
1: It's Babby.
2: Who nursed him back to
1: health? Ica Babby.
2: So <laughs> you say. I'm
1: saying it right now. I'm shipping them to. It's Babby. All right. It <laughs> sounds so weird to say. Well, look,
2: Ichababby. I am I'm just saying right up front. I have a feeling You remember what I just said, I think they have a shared experience, and the fact that he has worked with Jenny Jenny means that they've also had that shared experience of knowing Jenny in that time period there, so he can kind of fill her in on the things that Jenny's been doing. You know, he can be her conduit to getting to know Jenny a little bit better. Okay. They're, I think they're going to bond. Oh, no. I know. I know you're not going to like it but I, I really do think that's where they're pushing.
1: And you think maybe he was introduced because Ichabod and Abby the creators just won't let that happen.
2: No, I don't think that's why. I just think they okay, in every show if there's a ship there has to be a potential love interest. Mm-hmm. So, there has to be a triangle, and in this case, it's a quadrangle.
1: Yeah, I say Katrina's not even a part of the equation. Really? Mm-hmm. Why do you say that? Uh, she's going to become a horseman, and she's going to be lost, to Ichabod, and
2: that's what, well, gonna... not what you said before.
1: What did I say before?
2: Oh, oh, that is what you said before.
1: <laughs> that is what I said before. She's gonna become evil, become a horseman, and be lost, to Ichabod, and he's gonna be all upset, and and he's gonna try the-
2: and turn to Abby, but Abby's gonna be with Holly already. Is that what
1: right? You but then Abby's gonna be like, but
0: uh, I care so much about Ichabod.
2: See, and that's the whole point of the triangle.
1: Mm-hmm. She's gonna be torn. Abby's gonna be torn.
2: Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of the love triangle. Ichabod, every show Holly. does this. Every show does it.
1: And then all everyone's gonna be like, "Who is she gonna go with?" Mm-hmm. It? It's just gonna be like the the cat Jake and so- the Kate Jack and Sawyer thing all over again.
2: Mm-hmm. Every show, honestly, every show does this. So.
1: But I'm kind of glad that if Holly does become her love interest, or they push that in their direction, they didn't get a black guy to play him. That they picked a white guy. Sure. You
2: know, I you know, I honestly feel like Sleepy Hollow is very forward thinking. I think anyway. they are
1: too. I think they are very forward thinking when it comes to that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're supernatural, <laughs> so it's <laughs> that, kind of a given. Yeah. But yeah, and I think they make quite a handsome couple, anyway. Mm. And I know you don't like it, but I, and I'm not saying that. Ichabod and Abby should not be together I think they also make a very striking couple but you know right now Ichabod is still in love with Katrina there's there's really no getting around that at this particular time Abby's got needs dude yeah that's all I'm saying
1: they should write me into the show then
2: (laughs) (laughs) and then they can write me in and I'll help <laughs> I'll be a Holly Ichabod filling. <laughs> okay, let's get okay. away from Our that. are in the gutter um, tonight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> is it hot in here? <laughs> <laughs> Some more water. Hold on. I think I got a bone flute. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So anyway, back to the story. Um yes. So. My consensus my my feeling is that Holly has been introduced as a foil for Abby because Ichabod has to be focused on Katrina. Yes. And that is why they're inserting him into these stories. But in this case, he has been contracted by someone to steal the flute.
1: The bone flute.
2: Stop saying that, please. <laughs> okay. He's the flute. I, The flute. Deliberately said the flute. Um, <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> and I thought it was interesting that Ichabod went through his belongings and found like a little statue and some other stuff. And uh, yeah. Holly was very irritated with him. So there's already a, a bit of sandpaper there between those two.
1: That's because they both secretly like each other.
2: No, they like uh-huh. Abby. Yes. They both look happy.
1: Yeah. And so who who was this guy that he was getting the bone flute for?
2: Oh, he was a Hessian.
1: Yeah, it was a Hessian.
2: Yeah, because, you know, all the Hessians are working for, what are we calling Henry now?
1: Uh, Genry Warman. Genry Warman. Genry Warman. Yeah. And the Hessian brings the bone to Genry, Genry Warman at the end of the episode.
2: The flute.
1: Oh, the The flute. <laughs> bone, flute, it's a flute Don't bone. say
2: brings the bone to. <laughs> <laughs> he takes the flute he to January Genre- Warman. Genre- 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 God, this this <laughs> podcast. Oh, man.
1: I should have some sort of parental warning. <laughs> yes, it really should.
2: <laughs> Innuendo <Uh-oh>. warning alert. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, he... At the end of the episode, he gives it to the Hessian, who is, I think, rather subtle for a Hessian, which I think is the point that he's trying to blend in like the other – the Hessians from last season were trying to blend in. Yeah, they weren't
1: all like German-looking dudes with thick necks and –
2: Right. If you remember, there was an episode where a guy was out hunting with his buddy. Yes, I
1: do remember that. And
2: he just looked like a regular dude. And then when he got the call – out in the field to do something he just killed his buddy and went off to do his thing yep and this guy is kind of halfway between that halfway between a full-on hessian and like a normal guy so um i don't think holly kind of he he might suspect that this guy is not on the up and up but he you know he's like "Mm, i need the money
1: i think he suspected it as soon as he said, "You know, it got damaged." And the guy's like, "I don't care. Whatever. The guy wants it anyway."
2: Yep, your money's in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he does suspect it's not on the up and up, but he is he he wants money, right? And ultimately, it's broken, so he has to say to himself, "Well, it's not like the guy can do anything with it." Right. Little does he know, though,
1: that Henry uh, Warman wants to crush it up.
2: <laughs> right. And that was kind of gross at the end, right?
1: Yeah, he tasted it after he crushed it up. Gross. Yeah. Because, you know, to think that it's the bone of a den, dead 10-year-old girl. Yeah. Is kind of, ugh.
2: Well, it doesn't matter who. It's just a human bone. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I really don't care who. <laughs> Who's so bone?
1: It's a human you, bone. So you don't
2: crush up? Other human
0: bones and taste No, I'm just saying any human
2: bone would be gross. It doesn't matter whether it's a 10-year-old girl's bone or not. It's just the, you know, it wouldn't matter to me. Okay. It's just a human bone, you know, gross.
1: See, I I have no problem as long as it's not a 10-year-old girl human bone.
2: So 11-year-old girl, you'd be all right with that.
1: Okay, okay. Anything that's not a (laughs) child. Okay. Maybe an adult human bone. Yeah, perfectly fine with.
2: All right, so the the flute's melody, of course, draws people to it because it yes. makes some sort of weird half tone. And again, it's... I don't really care for, care about it. I don't know about you. No, you didn't care about that, right? No. Okay, Abby. Of course, Ichabod knows how to play the flute. Which yes, I he found does. Amusing. He plays it. Abby gets mesmerized. Mm-hmm. They decide to use that. By to putting,
1: lead them to the lair.
2: right? By putting it on the phone. Yeah. That didn't make how, sense to me.
1: I love how that was Ichabod's suggestion too. Yes, but the, yeah.
2: why did that work?
1: We mean, why did it work?
2: Because they put was,
1: it on a thirty-second loop.
2: What was that? What was the point of that, though? Why didn't um, he just play the flute so
1: that, so that other people in the area wouldn't hear it and be mesmerized.
2: Ah, so she could put headphones in. Yeah. Okay. you hear him saying that? Got it. I heard him. I just didn't understand what the deal was. So okay. Yeah, so
1: that there wouldn't be any other little people or or people just walking off in the okay. woods saying it's so beautiful.
2: Okay. So that was just so she could hear it. Then then they saw something moving, it was Holly. Yes. They had a showdown. Holly. It turned out Holly found the Pied Piper. He tried to save the girl, end up getting hurt. Abby tried to tend his wounds. I'm just going through this real fast. Yes. Um, they find the underground lair, and Holly fills them in on a little part of the Lancaster curse. In the meantime, saying that. The piper doesn't actually kill the girl. He just lures them to this lair and either starves them or lets them um, die of exposure. And then he uh, takes their bone and makes a new flute. Um, The underground lair was gross. There were like things hanging.
1: Dead animals. It
2: was gross. Uh, They find her and Abby tries to free her. Holly and Ichabod team up to uh, try and get the Piper. They fail. Okay, they fail. They they throw like a smoke bomb. Here's the deal. He's doing this (laughs) with the sword, right? Yeah. And he's not really going at them. And they throw the smoke bomb, and I'm like, "Hello, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Just get out."
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just but, get but, out while he's. But the noise, but the noise makes them like
2: ah.
1: Okay, put your,
2: put put your fingers in your ears and run, dummies. <laughs> but anyway, I I mean I I guess I get it. Um, later on, when he's got the earbuds in or whatever, he still doesn't do anything when he's just standing in front of him, whipping the sword around. When really right. he could just you know.
1: He has to have Abby kill him later,
2: right? To save him. Yeah, I know. It's just it just reminded me of Raiders, you know, yeah. where the guys like whipping the sword around and. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but it doesn't end the same way. It ends, you know, in that it's sort more,
1: of. It's more comical in uh, Raiders of the Lost yeah, Ark. Yeah, it's better in Raiders yeah, of yeah, Lost a, Ark. Oh, you're gonna wave your sword around? Okay, blam. how about this? Boom.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um. So then they set bombs to try and destroy the lair. And they escape. And then Holly says, we made a deal. I want the flute. You got the girl. And they're not happy about it. So Abby's like, oh, snap. Sorry. I guess it Breaks got damaged. Yeah. So
1: I had a question about the layer. OK. So they return Sarah to her mother, right? And uh-huh. then they're like, well, we got to go back and get this thing so it doesn't
2: get the more demon, people. Yeah.
1: Right. <clears throat> So when they go back to get them, okay, they, Holly blew up the lair. Sort of. When, when they go back to get them, the layer's still there.
2: Well, yeah, they didn't collapse anything. It was made of stone. They, I guess they were just kind of um, making way for their escape.
3: Okay.
1: So you're saying it wasn't completely It destroyed? wasn't like
2: C4 or anything.
1: So you're saying the Pied Piper did some tidying up after they left?
2: I'm guessing. Okay. I think they were just kind of messing things up for him okay. in order to get Sarah out of there. Does that but make sense?
1: That makes sense.
2: Cause I, it, it was brick. It was really sturdy. I can't imagine just a couple little bombs were going to do anything.
1: It wasn't over though when they got Sarah back.
2: Nope. Mom because wasn't, it's the
1: other part of the curse. Mom
2: wasn't overjoyed.
1: No. Mom was like, uh oh, all these boys I've adopted... In order to avoid having a girl. Yeah. going to get sick now.
2: And see, I'm guessing that she had a girl because that was the curse. That she had to have a girl.
1: Yeah. That no matter what, she was going to have a girl. Yeah.
2: So, she was secretly hoping they weren't going to get her back. Right? Right. That's sad.
1: So, well, the boys start coming down with the sickness.
2: She takes Sarah back out into the woods. And Sarah's crying. That was heart-wrenching, right? And that scene was written pretty well, I thought.
1: Well, Ichabod did talk her down with one sentence. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I wrote that down. I was... Yeah, she was... (sighs) Beth, the mother, was very adamant that she could not allow the rest of her family to die... And so she had to sacrifice her daughter. She had a gun trained on Abby and Ichabod. And all of a sudden, Ichabod has like a one minute speech and Sarah drops her gun. I mean, uh, Beth drops her gun and, you know, all right.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I do have to say, though, if Ichabod was talking to me looking like that with that English accent, I'd be be mesmerized.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: I will do whatever you say. Yep.
2: He wouldn't even have to say anything to me. <laughs> He'd be like my flute. Oh. I'm not, I'm gonna not gonna going to say the I'm other word. I'm not going there. I'm not going. Not going to say the other word.
1: You, you opened yourself up for a big one there, but I'm I'm going to keep it I clean. opened
2: myself up for a big one. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so, and I think uh Beth Shush. Best little speech in the woods when she was talking about how, you know, she feels lost in the woods because of her sister getting taken. I think that also was a hint at Abby's arc this season. Yes. Yeah. I mean, could they not hit us over the head any harder with that one?
1: Right. Two sisters, one was lost. Yeah, duh. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah.
2: Because that's Jenny, of course, being lost to the system and Abby. Being the one that comes out unscathed, but also hurt, damaged, you know, but okay on the surface. And um, so there's that. And then, of course, the Pied Piper shows up. Ichabod fights him. He gets knocked down. And then Abby forces him to retreat by shooting a gun at him, which has never worked. Hello. I know. Um, And then he retweet retreat the.
1: Wait a minute. He retweets? What did he retweet? My tweets from
2: earlier today, which I'm not going (laughs) to go into. Um, Abby forces him to retreat by shooting at him, and he retreats down a well. See, okay, maybe that's a different part of the lair.
1: But that's where Sarah was being held, was in the well. Are you sure? Uh Uh-huh, I remember.
2: Okay, well. Okay, so it wasn't big enough to damage the the lair then, the explosions. It was just big enough to let them escape right so then they go down there and i didn't really get was there a big explanation about the sword making noise
1: yes there was okay. remember they said they were going to have to wear the earbuds because that sword that he uses makes that noise and he okay. can weapon he can weaponize See, noise
2: i must not uh, okay i got that he could manipulate noise but i just wasn't sure that it was the sword i mean it was, was it just it was anything
1: a, i think that, it was a bone sword
2: was it anything that he could... I'm ignoring your comments. Okay. Was it anything that he could manipulate to make sound? Is that what the deal was? Maybe, I think okay. so. Okay. So that's why he had to put the earplugs in. For, yes. For whatever he could manipulate to make sound. Okay. I just... I I don't know. I, I watched it like three times, and it didn't matter how many times. I just... I don't think I actually got the fact... That he didn't need that flute to manipulate noise. Mm. I just I kept thinking, well, how is he going to do that without the flute? Because Holly has the flute, and then all of a sudden he's waving the sword around and it's making noise. And
1: he's the Pied Piper.
2: Yeah, but that's a he used a flute. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I guess I was just stuck on the fact that the Pied Piper only has power when he's playing. So a flute. Stop it! <laughs>
1: I said a flute. That's all I said. It was yes, a I know, but
2: I am deliberately stopping my sentences, or I'm stopping them. Okay, so then Abby, of course, when when Ichabod is you know cowering in the corner from the noise, even though he's wearing the earplugs, Abby sneaks up and shoves the sword through him. Is that yes? That's what. I, okay, good. And then after that, uh, of course, that's. The end of that story, yeah?
1: Yeah, that's totally the end of that story. Right. Then Holly
2: hands over the flute.
1: Goes off to Jeremy Warman.
2: Jeremy Warman. Doesn't care that it's broken. Jeremy Warman. Grinds it up. Takes a taste.
1: Says, "Ooh, perfect. Gross. But there's something else that happened in this episode. Yeah. With our with our good buddy Irving.
2: Irving and Jeremy Warman. Mm-hmm. Well, there's and, two other and, things, really, but one of them. Let's talk about that one when we get to the quotes. Okay. That well, Irving and Jenry Warman. That was a little interesting. I would have liked to see more of that one.
1: Right, because we get Irving reading the Bible. Right, he's reading about the Horsemen of War because he's trying to find more out about Jenry Warman. hmm And then while he's doing it, he has a vision of like Sleepy Hollow and like total war. And he looks like a black ops guy, like killing cops the whole time, fighting Mm -hmm. for the horsemen of war. And the Bible, the Bible bursts into flame.
2: Yep. Yeah. That, that flashback scene was really cool looking. Yeah. Kind of 300-ish, wasn't it?
1: It was a little, it was a little 300-ish, yes. Mm -hmm. Fire everywhere and fast motion. And he had
2: like a, a hairband on. Yeah, he did. That's very girly of me, isn't it? <laughs> it was like a handkerchief thing. Whatever. On,
1: But um, it prompted Irving to confront him mm-hmm. and be like, what did you do to me? What's going on here? I don't want to work. I don't want to work for you. You're the horseman of war. You're the evil guy. You're the bad guy.
0: hmm
2: And, of course, Henry Warman acts like a real lawyer. <laughs> Yeah, he does. He says, I I can take your funding away that I've arranged for you, and I can keep you away from your family. I can put off your trial. Wow. Right. Rude, right? And then he he says, you know, have Abby and Ichabod kept your family safe? I can be your instrument of justice. That's exactly what he says, instrument Mm -hmm. of of justice.
1: Instrument of justice. A Mm -hmm. flute is an instrument. Mm Mm-hmm. Just saying, but I sense there's like an apprehension from Irving, but he kind of almost feels like he has no choice.
2: He doesn't Just, have a choice,
1: yeah, because he realizes he signed that document in blood, yep, and well, he asked Jenry, what did you do to me, right, and he doesn't he's not really straight with him.
2: well, I think he feels compelled, he has this feeling of compulsion to do whatever Jenry Warman says, and he doesn't understand it. Because normally he wouldn't. He wouldn't be giving in to this. And he says, what have you done to me? Because he feels like he has to go and do whatever he says. And he says, you know, General Mormon tells him, well, read Ezekiel 18.4, which, you know, it says, behold, all souls are mine and more. And it talks about, you know, souls belonging to the person that sinneth. And, of course, that whatever it is, in that passage gives him the flashback to when he pricked his finger on the pen mm-hmm. and he realizes that he signed his soul over to Jenry hmm
0: And
2: I guess now he realizes that the compulsion is real, that he probably doesn't have a choice.
1: But he has to let Abby and Ichabod know because that is going yeah. to be one of the episodes of this year of how to free... Irving's soul from the grips of the of course, of war. Of course,
2: of course, they're gonna have to try. Now, whether they do or not, that's a whole nother story, right?
1: Yeah, I kind of like to see a whole season where Irving is the evil guy.
2: I'm really wondering if there's gonna be a big fight for his soul. If that's gonna be a like half this season storyline. Half of it being Abby and Jenny and half of it being the fight for Irving's soul.
1: Well, I was thinking when I was watching that would be a pretty creative thing to do Mm -hmm. because he's named after the writer Mm -hmm. the the original book. So it would be kind of cool that the characters that he wrote are vying for influence over him so that he could control the outcome of the story. Right. So that's the. the, Yeah, it's a nice
2: allegory. Yeah. To the original story. I agree. I agree. So it I think it was a decent episode, if not a stellar episode.
1: Yeah, it was it was decent. I won't say it was great.
2: The The Monster of the Week, not great. No. The arc stuff was good, it needed to be expanded. And the bits and pieces were cute. Yeah. That's how I would sum it up at least. How about you?
1: Um, I, I would pretty much agree. I, I, I'm I'm not a big fan of the monster of the week. Yeah. Um,
2: I wish they would do story. less of that and more of arcs, more of the right.
1: arc. Right. And that to me just indicates that they know where they're going. They just don't necessarily know how they're going to get there.
2: Yeah. That kind of frustrates me. Mm-hmm. I would like them to have this whole season mapped out already. And this gives me less confidence in that. Mm -hmm. So I'm crossing my fingers that once they flesh out the whole season, that it will really kick up into high gear. I mean, if that's the case, at least.
1: I'm hoping that happens as well, because uh, I cannot take a whole season like this.
2: Yeah, I'll be sad at least. Well, I'll yeah. I'll take it. It's still better than a lot of the crap yes, on TV. I, but... I, will,
1: I will take it over some of the other stuff that comes on Monday nights or other nights of the week. But right. um, for a show that I really fell in love with last season because I thought the writing was so intelligent and so snappy. And I thought the storyline was so great. And the reveal at the end of the season was so shocking.
2: Mind-blowing, right?
1: Yeah, that I'm just like, wow oh, uh, come on, guys. Right. Um, you are better than this, and we have a whole season that proves you are. Right. So, I guess yeah. that's my nitpick of the week.
2: It's kind of mine, too. I have to agree. I I just think it's unbalanced. Yeah. It's uh, It needs to be less Monster of the Week, more mythos.
1: But we should change it up and get a little bit lighter here.
2: Yeah, we should. So...
1: And the best way to get light is to share our anachronisms of the week.
2: We should. So, should we do yours first?
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and do my anachronism.
3: I have faced many enemies on horseback. Horsemen without heads. Even discovered my own son is the apocalyptic horseman of war. Thus. How challenging must it be to guide the power of 300 horses using only one's right foot?
2: I love that one, too.
3: (laughs) Ichabod
1: Crane should do car commercials.
2: I love that. Yeah,
1: he he was like a speed demon.
2: Yeah, and that was the thing, that was the other story point that I was going to talk about, was that, you know, they did this funny setup at the beginning, and then later on, when they needed to get somewhere very fast, they tied it back into the beginning, and she, th- Abby threw him the keys so that they could get there fast, and yeah, you know, that was the little callback to the beginning.
1: What was your cranism of the week?
2: Well, I had two, because I just could not decide. So uh, one of them's really short, but this is one of them. <laughs>
3: I haven't had to do this much sneaking about since the Second Continental Congress. Let me guess, this is when Betsy Ross had the hats for you. That woman was relentless. Once, Adams found me hiding in a broom closet from her.
2: (laughs) I liked that one. (laughs) And then, this is a real anachronism, which I liked very much. And please, no innuendo about this one.
3: Sadistic larceny. This is typical of the Italians. A gaudy hillock of overheated milk atop a thimble's worth of coffee, and the cost it's equal to three Tennessee stallions. As well, oh. I can see why this might be popular. <laughs> Can't with you.
1: I have to say that yes, that was. One of my other favorite anachronisms of the week, and it was just so perfect—like the, the yeah. cream on his face—and yeah. oh gosh,
2: yeah, the cream on his face again. Another touchy subject for me. <laughs> I laughed a long time <laughs> over that one. So, um, yeah, um, I couldn't decide between those two.
1: Did we receive any listener feedback this week, Karen?
2: We received two. And one of them we received was because we were put off for a day, Barb, which you will get to in a minute. But first I'm going to play a clip from the show, which was um, one of our listeners' anachronism. And then I'm going to play her audio clip. So here's her anachronism.
3: Lieutenant, if you would perform the logging ceremony. (sighs) Okay.
2: That is her anachronism. And here is her audiophile, And it is the lovely and talented Justina.
0: Hi, this is Justina calling in for Witness Prophecies. My anachronism of the week. Lieutenant, could you please perform the logging ceremony? My theory this week is about Jeremy... Jenry Warman. <laughs> I was wondering two things. One, if he crushed up that flute, does that retain some of its summoning powers and if it was mixed in food or drink or aerosolized would he be able to control people that consume it Mm -hmm. kind of like his remote control armor so that he could have more remote control warriors on his side or does collecting powerful magical objects such as the piper's pipe just help his power grow to give him an upper hand.
2: See, those are both good Mm. points.
1: Yeah, I like both of them. Mm. I I
2: would like to think that it would give him more control over things. Yes. Because that's essentially what the pipe does.
1: Yeah, it controls people. Yeah. Now, I also want to give a a tip to Justina for starting to call um, Henry or Jeremy or whatever, Jenry Warman. Yeah,
2: that was great.
1: (laughs) I imagine him sitting there saying,
2: That's Jenry. Jenry (laughs) Warman. If they use that on the show, I swear, we're going to sue them. (laughs) Copyright infringement.
1: But yeah, I like both of her theories. I think they're really good theories. Yep, me too. Other one came from Barb. Hi, Barb. She wrote in on Facebook. And she said, this was the typical case of the week with three interesting twists. One, we now see that our new character, Holly, who seems to be who seems a bit bounty hunter slash mischief maker slash opportunist is here for a while, and will either go for the dark side or fall victim to Jeremy's devious plots. Hmm, I'm I don't guessing think he'll so, barb. Mm-hmm. She says, "I'm guessing he will be down for the count by the end of the season, but he certainly seems to be helping the evil forces collect artifact goodies for their latest concoction."
2: Hmm. Again, Two. I think that's not intentional. No, I, I
1: don't think, think it is either. I he's think he's gonna just going to
2: end up stopping that.
1: Yeah, he's just following the money right now. Mm-hmm. The second thing she says is that our good captain realized what we'd already grasped last week. He sold his soul to the devil. Mm-hmm. Nice gamer nightmare. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did look kind of like a video game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy did have a point. Who was watching out for the Irving family? We haven't seen Abby or Crane stepping out up to the plate. Will he make a good? bad guy in quotation marks and I don't think he will be redeemed mm. Mm. I hope he is I like him as a good guy
2: yeah who knows <coughs> I mean the the coin's still being tossed right I mean who's gonna be the, the bad guy is it so right now between you and me it's either Katrina or Irving right yeah mm. and Barb sorry it's not Jeremy who is it
1: it's Jenry.
2: Jenry Mormon. Get it right. Okay. What's her so third point?
1: Her third point is that Jeremy or Jenry is cooking up something new. Like an old witch's potion with flute bones. <laughs> Wonder what else is going into that potion. Blood, hair, rats, tails. Hm. Question mark. Should lead up to an interesting Halloween episode complete with cauldron. Perhaps drinking drink
2: toil and trouble. Yep.
1: Perhaps drinking it is the equivalent of signing away your soul and blood. Mm-hmm. Guess we'll see.
2: Yep. And then she says, "Love the podcast. Thanks for your, all your work on it. Thank you for listening, Barb.
1: Thank you for loving us."
2: Yes. I love Barb. And she is on Twitter. I want to give her a shout out. Tangier14. Or as Doug calls her, Tangier14. <laughs> Which is not really her name. But I thought it was adorable when he did that. So thanks to Justina and Barb. And uh, Thank
1: you for your feedback.
2: We're here for you to give us feedback. Always. Um, you can give us feedback on our show between now and next Wednesday. And then feedback on the next episode of Sleepy Hollow between Monday night and next Wednesday. The deadline is 6 p.m. Eastern. And you can give it to us at the phone number 304-837-2278. Or you can also go to goldenspiralmedia.com forward slash feedback. And there is a button there that you can press to send text. You can upload an audio file. Or you can speak right into your microphone through SpeakPipe. And on Twitter, we are at GSM. I am at alaveria and Uh, you are. I
1: I have two of the longest Twitter handles ever.
2: (laughs) So I'm going to let you do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would be at second course PC. That is the number two ND course PC, which stands for second course podcast or at one with beard, which is O N E W I T H beard.
2: Excellent. And you should become a fan of Golden Spiral Media on Facebook. We also have a fan page group thingy for Sleepy Hollow on Facebook. And you can find that easily enough under Witness Prophecies. So I'm going to give the summary for next week's episode. I would usually say it's a spoiler, but there are really no spoilers. I mean, I'm going to say this every time there are no spoilers for Sleepy Hollow. So here's the summary. The fifth episode of the second season is called The Weeping Lady and it, it makes me tremble because it makes me think of Don't Blink on <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> A woman from Crane's past causes chaos in Sleepy Hollow on an all-new Sleepy Hollow, Monday, October 20th on Fox. A woman from Ichabod Crane's past comes to Sleepy Hollow in the form of an undead weeping lady aiming to harm anyone in her path. Meanwhile, Katrina and Crane learn unsettling things about each other's pasts and Abby has some unexpected flirtatious encounters in the all-new The Weeping Lady episode of Sleepy Hollow, airing Monday, October 20th, 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on Fox.
1: Unexpected flirtatious encounters? Mm-hmm. That better not be with Holly.
2: Of course it is.
1: <sighs>
2: He's in next week's episode, so mm. who do you think it is? And I'm I hadn't brain. really noticed that in the summary. I had read it, but... Until we talked about it just now, I was like, "Oh, I see." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it just reinforces my position on it. My
1: heart will hurt if she ends up with I'm Holly. I'm sorry. She needs to end up with a good guy like Crane.
2: He's Holly's going to end up being a good guy, Ugh. and he, I mm. believe he's temporary. And anyway. you know
1: what? You know why Abby's going to like him because he's smarmy. and no. my my experience is the girls always liked. The Smarmy dude. Not when I was always up. true. Um,
2: not always true.
1: She needs to see beyond his, okay. his crystal blue eyes. Sometimes and you to
2: gotta kiss a lot of frogs to find the prince. Okay. That's so all I'm We saying. we
1: agree that Holly's a frog. Sure. And the crane is the prince.
2: I said he's temporary. Okay. But that doesn't mean he's smarmy. He's just not the prince.
1: No, he's not.
2: Frogs can be cute. Mm. Anyway, so that's about it for us, yeah?
1: Yeah, I think that is.
2: It was a great discussion.
1: It was. It was good.
2: Funnier than the episode, I think. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) May have to cut a little bit out, but who knows?
1: (laughs) I say leave it all in. Do you think? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, So, anyway, hopefully next week will not be so (laughs) innuendo-laden and not so... um, you know uh, Beavis and Butthead ish
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, we'll be back next week to talk about it yes So see you uh, next week we'll see you next week bye guys
1: yep. bye